keep going. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Keep Going Podcast. This episode is both an homage to Austin's unique and idiosyncratic running culture and a call for listeners to explore their own local running haunts as power places. We try to set the stage for how the soul of a place, its flora and fauna, its land and waters, its roads and neighborhoods can be tapped into for inspiration and gratitude. Whether we're traveling to another location for a change of pace or traveling for work, or going epic with a running pilgrimage. Perhaps the best way to get to know a place in a deep and meaningful way, and to drink in its physical culture, is to run its roads, trails, and footpaths. But it's not just a place's physical attributes. We can also learn from its weather, its winds, its smells, its energy. Yeah, like its vibes. The experience of running at the ocean is vastly different from running along a river in the mountains. The nature of the experience is unique, and it's tapping into this experience that greatly enhances our running. We can tap into a place's history of running, too, like Boston and Eugene, which are not special because of their weather or landscape, but because of the power of those who have raced on those roads and at Hayward Field. We don't think it's too much to say that one's relationship to reality is mediated by a sense of place. We each share a sampling of our favorite local running haunts in Austin and are curious about your local spots. Send us an email with your favorites and we'll share them on an upcoming episode. You can reach us at sisson at tellusrunning.com to share yours. You'll have to listen to the episodes for our haunts, but they're in the show notes if you want to check them out. So we hope you enjoy this magical mystery tour of Austin and recognize the power spots in your life. We hope you enjoy this episode we've titled, A Magical Sense of Place. Godspeed, my friends. Godspeed. I don't, I don't think that would have been good to hit the record button. A lot of personal shit. No. We were deep in the woo. We got deep. We got, we got esoteric. We got eccentric. We got... We got it all out of the system so that we can bring you on a long and winding journey through place. I wish I could tell you that I got it out of my system, but this is never going to get out of my system. So I can dig it. <laughs> but we yeah. have some cool topics coming up uh, yeah. on, on tap that are very, I don't know, singular point A to point B topics, which are real fun. Yeah. We do. And this one is one I came up with. Um, we're working on a topic next week. And we were pl- talking about it, beating around the bush with it. And then Michael's like, well, what about for tomorrow? <laughs> and I'm like, I've got this one in my back pocket. Thanks for asking. And I like it. Yeah. It's a, it's going to be a stretch. Um, just in terms of, I'm going to try and my goal, my goal is to meet you where you are with the topic, because I have a few ideas and peripherals about, about what exactly it is. And I have one kind of, um, I think, uh, you want me to read the text? Sure. Yeah, let's see. It's a good way to start. Basically, the way I came into this 
was when Steve texted. He says, I've been thinking a lot about place and how the power of location and the energies and inspirations of that place can play into the performance, training, and the simply the being. I think that's right. Yeah. How um, a person is, how place influences your racing, your training, your being. Yeah. And we can take that idea and cascade it out into... It's cool to think about it in performance. It's cool to think about it psychologically and into the systems and the nervous system and everything like that. So, yeah, and I think it's kind of a good bridge because you know the conversation we had with Paul. It's like we rarely talk about. Sorry to interrupt you. It's like we rarely talk. We talk a lot about the activity, but not the place of it. And, and I think this it is where important. Paul. This is why the idea keeps percolating because as I was doing my multiple edits of that conversation which is now out to the world which I called I don't know if you saw what I named it but I named it um, uh, not cr uh, open sourcing a running community yeah because mm -hmm. you mentioned that multiple times in that you're like it's like what you're talking about is an open source what you're talking about is open sourcing and he never called it that for him it was always interrelational right the relations between the different peoples and as he said it based on the comment that I think it was governor um, Perry said something like if you just get people working for something that they care about, it'll work, right? Yeah. Like what a person will take care of their self-interest. So just get their interests aligned and then help put the pieces together. And to me, it was like, you were like, this is what open sourcing is. Like yeah. you're just setting the tools there for people doing their own individual things to be able to come in and use the tool and then expand it for other people's sure. use. So my idea was what is Austin doing from that perspective? Mm -hmm. Like if he's asking us to create these events and he didn't say events, he just said, do your thing for your community and try to pick one event to do on a consistent basis that you can really lock in on. It was one, mm -hmm. one potential mission he gave to people with that. So to me, it was like, well, I'm, I have spent so much time trail running in this play. I've been living in this town since on and off since 1988. It's a long time. You know, what is that? 35 years, I think, mm -hmm. something like that. And um, I run some of the same trails, especially the green belt. Like I run the green belt two, three times a week, every week for many, many, many years, for at least 30 of those years. Yeah. So you like gain this deep feeling. And I think you, you know, you've mentioned this coming from Louisiana, that there was something in the water, something in the vibe. Mm -hmm. you, you could use vibe if you wanted to of Austin that drew you here. Mm -hmm. You knew about it. You heard about it. Maybe you experienced it a little bit, but now you're here. What is it? Like, what is this place? And then, so then the question might be to someone who's in central park, like what is central park to New York running? What is, what is an experience of running in Portland? They've got Forest Park right there. They've got a, a great system of roads around the area. Um, you know, what is a place? When I lived in Eugene, Oregon, I had the sense that there was a real r vibe there, a deep well there. So that's what I want to explore today. It's just like, what, what is a place and what does it do to us? And is there a benefit to, you know, sort of getting roots in a place like mm -hmm. I have here. But then I go up to the Pacific Northwest every once in a while. Or I go to Colorado every once in a while and I'm like, this place, this place. So anyway, it, it's just an open exploration of what place might be maybe using Austin as a 
model yeah. because we're here, but then also the other places in our lives that have resonated for us. I was thinking about Hawaii because mm -hmm. of one of the missions you've been on as an athlete, an endurance athlete, Why has place, its culmination <laughs> in Kona, right? And the power and the magical, the majesty of that. And you think about Mark Allen's story. You know, Mark Allen was on a shaman. He's, he's influenced majorly by the power of place because in a, he's in a shamanic tradition. Basically, and, he also, I, I mean, it's, it's funny that even, I think it was triathlete. So one of the, one of these periodicals, um, was like Mark Allen gave his blessing to the world championship being in Nice. <laughs> and like that's an important blessing on the place you know Absolutely. it's like well okay that's it's fascinating he's the dalai lama of yeah triathlon. exactly <laughs> it's like we got it we got the man. running doesn't have anything like that like there's no no similar thing like that because he is you know and and, and then he you know he stated in his book um fit body fit soul yeah. or something like that he stated in his book just how powerful when he finally started producing winning consistently what at the Kona, island is that the island was you. giving yeah. to him and as a fuel source mm -hmm. so i just think yeah there's some woo and uh, there's some woo here definitely but there's also some real stuff the stuff that all of us feel anybody uh, this is why i love trail running so much i always get people hooked on trail running because i'm like if you want to know the power of your place get on the trails in your place because that's the oldest thing we haven't paved over it um those pathways have been trod by mostly non-combustion engine vehicles, like mm -hmm. just the vehicle of the body or the bike, or whatever the case may be. And you're just in a really primal place doing primal things. And the primacy of whatever that location's energy is, is there. Like for Austin, I mean, you just go, you can't not be at um, Barton Springs Pool and not feel the soul of Austin. It feels like yeah. the beating heart of the place because how many generations of indigenous peoples came to that location for cooling, for resting, for relaxing, mm -hmm. for being and you know, yeah now we pl we plugged it up and put a put put concrete in there and did some other things, but you still feel cuz that water is natural coming out of the ground at that temperature and has been for you know, centuries and centuries, how many tens of thousands of years. And it, it's a real thing. It is a real thing. I, when I think about it, what I kept coming back to was the concept of, well, if you're going to define place and how that is or isn't um, something that contributes or, you know, to your well-being or your routine or anything like that on like a very tangible level. Then I kept coming back to what does home play into this? And I was like, well, my point of reference is Southwest Louisiana mm -hmm. for sure. So, okay, I'm born in this place and with its cultures and, you know, um, frankly, there wasn't, a large community culture of endurance sports. There wasn't, you know, it was more atypical. To, it was probably more typical to play baseball on a world championship team <laughs> than it was to go for a run. And um, so I, then I started thinking, well, 
well, why now? Why, why, why is Austin the place? And what's my relationship with that? I think it all comes back to where our perspective is grounded. For me, that's home, which was Louisiana. And, and, and it has this like kind of pull on my relationship with, with over time. So I had a relationship with my home base you know, in in Louisiana. That created my relationship with running because my running relationship had to do with where, with what is the culture of running at home? It was a little bit atypical. It wasn't unheard of. I mean, a lot of, everybody runs. It's like got a PE, do the stuff, you know. We always had great athletes there. But it felt unique and special, and it felt unique and special to really dig in and start grinding in that particular place. And then I moved to Austin, and it's definitely not unique and it's definitely not special. It's probably, you know, there are far greater athletes in this town than me on a grand scale, you know. So my relationship here is different. Um, but as Austin has been adopted over the past, you know, I've probably lived here since 2018 on this one. I went to UT for a year and a half. And so I would call this, I used to call this my second home. Now it's my home. So it's slowly adopting. Mm. It's ad- I'm adopting it as my point of reference. And when that happens, there becomes something very metaphysical that happens to my relationship with my routine here. And because it feels more appropriate, but my perspective is a little bit, I hope hope you follow me on this one if you're listening, but it's like, but my perspective and my relationship with the routine becomes more grounded. It becomes less displaced and more placed. And so I think that, let's take an example. When somebody says, I don't think that a relationship with the trails is neither right nor wrong. I think it's simply a relationship based off of what the home centric spot is like what's your relationship to that like maybe you were born in manhattan and there's a fascination to get go have peace like there you're gonna have a different relationship with the trails than probably somebody who was born in you know the appalachian mountains it's just different so so i think it's real fun to think about how it's either placed or displaced and what our point of reference is and how that's pushing and pulling. Like the cool thing and, and the allure to some place like Kona and I race, I raced in Nice and it was fascinating, but it felt displaced. It did not feel like home. It didn't feel like a point of reference at all. It felt unique and special and that was motivating. And, and so when I think about these, like if you go run, I've ran Oregon this uh, earlier this year and, Seattle, it's beautiful, it's lush, it's like a freaking rainforest up there. It felt displaced, and it felt unique, and it and it like really contributed into like kind of the whole idea of this. Why is it so important for us to invest into our point of reference? So anyway, that's kind of like my thought process on the whole thing. Maybe we lost nine out of ten people listening at that point, but I don't know. I don't know if you did. I think you know what you what you're saying is that we're always going to have our our initial home Mm -hmm. and then we're going to find it's a relationship it's almost like freudian in terms of like from zero to three we kind of learn the basic necessities of our 
you know, our, we drank I think the water like zero to two and then like zero to eight. We learned how to like handle like circumstantial, like social environments. And from eight on, apparently it's like the parenting is kind of over. It's like the mentoring begins. And so mm-hmm. it's like, what's our relationship? Like, I think that there's something important about how we treat place at a very early adolescence and then how we understand it. As well, adults. we are primal, so you have to remember that we're, we're only, I mean, we, we haven't had paved roads for more than 150 years. Um, yeah. But before that, we didn't have combustion engines 150 years before that. And then we had animals that mm-hmm. had us. So our relationship to place has a lot to do with locomotion. Um, and if you think about primal locomotive techniques, they were mostly walking and running. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a real... I think we can direct, we can, we can, we can connect the dots to place being very important to uh, at least running as a movement practice to, to what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And then therefore paying attention to what's going on in your environment and your location is valuable. So you have those special moments when you're in different places. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to run in Slovenia, Hungary, uh, for some reason, I keep. keep, keep Why Eastern, travel to run the same distance that you could travel? Except you that know, you want five, to have that unique exactly. experience that's yeah. different. But then you can bring it home. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, I do think that I don't think there's anything wrong with going and taking those trips and doing those things because you get those unique experiences. But then you need to bring them home and then be home at home. And I think that's really what this episode, what I was hoping for this episode for people is. Here's another example. We're talking about it from like the earth or the ground, but let's talk about it from another perspective, especially for people who live in central Texas, the weather. Mm -hmm. Like we're, we have to adjust what we're doing as athletes for our weather conditions in central Texas. This is a topic of conversation with every athlete I'm working with. Okay. How do you relate to your paces? If given that you want to run a certain goal time and the weather is 82 degrees with 70% humidity, it feels like 90 degrees and you're not going to be able to run your marathon. That's at 5.30 AM. And that's at 5.30 AM. Yeah. I've been running at 2.30 or three in the afternoon. It's a hundred degrees. And it, and it's, it's hard. And My wife's like, why are you running at that time? You, I can't nose breathe. I'm like, I can't nose breathe. She goes, you need to slow down. I'm like, it's, I should slow down, but it's hard to slow down in the heat on the road. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So it's I like, did a Mount Benel loop at like 11 a.m. It was so hard. It is. It was so hard. It was like, what and, and it didn't. You couldn't happening. go any slower to no. make it any less hard. Going slower <laughs> felt harder. That so was you actually reached this point where I was like. Can we just give up this whole idea that we're in zone two? And can I finish the fucking workout? So, but it was interesting that there was, there was like a threshold. This is the learning place. Yeah. This is where I break with the Maffetone slash zone two purists. Yeah. Just be, go as easy as you can in the place you're in, but enjoy the experience and be present and live through it and be in it. You know, I've been known, I, I got, I got a little, I've been known for a term I use, which is weather is, mm-hmm. I used to say this all the time. You can talk about all y'all you want to, but the fact of the matter is you're going to be in it because we do our activities outside. Now there are people who then get on the treadmill, but most of the people I work with do not like the treadmill. They don't want to be on it. And I don't have practice on a treadmill. So we have practice outside in the heat. Sure. Um, and so I just, I just, I'm highlighting weather as a way of saying, this is a particular aspect of living in this place that everyone who lives here eventually comes to accept. 
however res, res with that whatever level of resignation or frustration you know one of our athletes one of the athletes in my group um he he really struggles in the heat all the time and yet he each year he continues to go through he gets better and better at it but there's a continued fight and i'm always just wondering why he fights like i never have i'm just like i just let it go like there's no pace objective here today I've given get my coaches given me permission to do it on efforts, um, and so by when I give you permission to do it on efforts, what I'm giving you permission to do is to be in the place that you're in, not in the place your watch wants you to be. Yeah, so there's a relationship between place and the energy systems, yes, which can become confusing to me. So like, at at a certain point, if you want to operate at a high level, and do you do you get up and move to like boulder and go to altitude and or to some place with a mild climate to so that you can work the work the kind of the metabolic system a little bit more efficiently like how do how should we be thinking about in terms of um in terms of of like well let's just say somebody out there is like let's squeeze everything out of the tube i got some money i don't mind moving six months like you know what i'm saying like are they at a disadvantage from living in texas at a certain point i don't believe so i think you're at a disadvantage if you're going to operate at the highest level you're at a disadvantage if you're not training at altitude so that has nothing to do with the weather that just has to do with the fact that living and breathing with limited oxygen seems to make the system operate better Sure. And and that's why so many people go there. Now, you know, the world's best 1,500-meter runner in the world, you know, Ingebrex and the male, the, the, the male version of it, the best 1,500-meter runner in the world is a female. Faith kept you going. But anyway, Ingebrexen lives, he trains in St. Moritz, St. Moritz for good windows of time because that's the altitude for most of the people who are in, the, that's the goat, that's the flagstaff boulder mm-hmm. of um, Europe. And, uh, and yet, but then he goes home and works. So, you know, there's the thing of working dumb, you know, altitude is one of those things you don't have to be up there all the time, but people do benefit greatly from living at altitude for extended windows. Why doesn't Ingebrigtsen live at altitude? Primarily because the rest of his life is happening in Norway. Sure. So why would you, so why would you uproot everything when you can still be the best? Like, I, I don't, yeah, I don't sure. think it's the only thing, right? It's, it's, you use it, you, you make it work for you, you have it. But what's most interesting is what is... Ingebrigtsen's relationship with St. Moritz, what's his relationship with Sandy, Norway, what's his relationship, what, what's a person's relationship when they come to, people talk about this all the time, over the years, especially in the U.S., going to Hayward Field in Eugene, Oregon, was like going to Fenway Park or going to another location of power that's what i was talking about with kona Mm -hmm. like there's a power place there for whatever reason and what is it that makes eugene special because i lived there for like five years four years i mean it's a little bump on the ass of the world i mean it's it's beautiful but it's also really hard to live there it's raining all the time it's cold all the time and it's beautiful in the summer but it's really challenging at other times but it's because so many people have run there and some of our greatest archetypes for running, you know, Frank Shorter spent extended periods of time there. Steve Prefontaine is from there. The over the year, over many, 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 many years, Oregon has University of Oregon has been one of the great places for people who are distance runners to live and train. So, what is it? There's no altitude there. 
I mean, they're, 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 what makes that's, it so special? What, what's in the water? What's in the That's why I coming back. Place? That's why I went on that weird tangent in the beginning about the relationship with it. Because there's got to be something psychosomatic about our relationship with where we are. And we fail. It's like we, it's like culturally, would you agree that we fail to acknowledge where we are at that particular time as One, some type of governor? 100%. And, and, and I would say, okay, as a governor, Yes. Yes. Maybe as as just like as a part of the equation, because we look at universal global numbers and we think that everybody is treated equally, but we fail to identify elevation and location change. And if you even want to talk, because I haven't been able to get the nervous system out of my head <laughs> as opposed like nobody's thinking about the nervous system and your relationship with your where you're doing your routine can have extreme beneficial results and and catastrophic results based off of how you are kind of like materializing that that energy that that goes into is is it positive is it negative if it's negative it seems to be it's probably going to cause like some type of fatigue and and just a, a terrible disposition all right you routine. just you now you just set it up okay you, you just set up my diatribe so here i go you'd break in at all any right, point in let's time. go Ready? i was hoping i was just trying to redeem myself because i'm like there's a reason why i keep coming back to that weird topic and it's got it's not be a weird topic so it, it what it is is relationship and yeah. this is the key and this is something i preach all the time to everybody i work with is you need to recognize everything is happening in relationship and people don't do this from a training perspective. This is the argument for everything is training. Yeah. The argument for everything is training is that your sleep is training. The foods you eat is training. Your bowel movements are training. I mean, they're not directly exactly, but they are a relationship. And believe me, there's tribal societies over the many, many millennia who have looked at their feces to see how they're doing as a yeah. as a crew. Sure. They, because that's how you tell whether you've got a healthy bio, yeah, you've got I mean, a healthy system running and operating, right? So like all these aspects could be a part of what running is. So why would place be any different? Because it is the mo one of the most critical relationships. So that example I gave you of the athlete who struggles every summer here in Central mm -hmm. Texas, he hasn't adapted to the real relation with his place. And in my art, I argue num he's, he's hurting his nerve. He's challenging his nervous system at a level that might be good for training, but it's not good for his overall health and well-being he's also not deeply committed to this place because he's operating more from a standpoint of let me get in and out of my air conditioning let me get in and out of these these spaces i don't want to sit in this place i'm not saying this particular that's not this particular person i'm talking about may not be exactly what i'm talking about but generalized person who's not accepting central texas's heat in the summer to not accept that relationship and meet it as equals and saying i honor your challenge on my training and I'm going to try to use that. I'm going to, not only am I going to honor it and I'm going to, first I'm going to recognize it, but key. Mm -hmm. That was one of your main points is that people don't recognize they it. They just don't, it's not even a factor. It's almost like, and it's a huge mess in the negative connotation is they think that they're less than because they don't understand the relationship. Correct. And that there's something there to teach them. All the places we've ever been, all the places we are, all the, especially this places also that feel can like have to do with communities this is people home and if you're home people base. Are, yeah i mean if you're running with a dozen people that don't believe in you that's 11 12 i mean 12 people that are just like they're causing harm if you're running solo 
and you don't have anybody to build you up, that's also probably not extrapolating all of the, the finer details that you have in the tank. So, but I if mean, you were running alone and you had a relationship with the with the place you're in, then you, would, then you would be immediately running with another thing. Yeah, sure, and, and yeah. that entity, that place is this is my main argument, right? Is that this ent- this place becomes an entity? It's a relationship, mm-hmm. and you're relating to the ground, the, the 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 elevation, the weather conditions, the um, air quality. And you know, people also on the north. I've talked how about, that makes us feel. I am coming yes. from the when you I feel. If you've ever been with a therapist, you know, they're probably going to bring you through, hey, when I say that, how does it make you feel? And and, and it's gotten such a, a, a negative. But I think that getting in touch with what we're thinking and feeling has everything to do with place. And in, 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 in terms of sometimes we we don't understand how our place makes us feel. Well, we don't because we don't, but this is a much bigger problem of people never being in relation to anything else. Even people with their families, even people with their work, people with the things that, that what self-esteem and if they, if they watch television, what kinds of shows they watch, if they listen to music, what kind of music they listen to. Do you realize you're creating reality? Mm -hmm. So your place is creating the reality because a reality, a person who lives in, in Seattle, Washington, is having a different version of reality than someone living in Austin, Texas is having. They're different because they're different places. And the same person who was in Austin or in San, if you moved me up to Seattle, I would have to become a different person Mm -hmm. fundamentally because I would be in relation to a little bit colder temperatures, um, a, a lot of water around I would have to deal with a larger city. Seattle's a pretty big city. Um, you deal with, uh, I don't know, the vibe there. They've mm-hmm. got um, a pretty liberal, hip vibe. Where you live in Central Texas, it's uh, especially Austin. Austin's a little, a little more liberal, but it's a pretty. Yeah. You don't go too far before feeling like you're. Yeah, exactly. In a conservative yeah, place, for sure. Right? So it's like all these different things create different vibes and places. So I'm getting ready Definitely to go on the a, relationship aspect. So I'm it. getting ready to go on a vacation mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks, and I'm going up to Colorado because it's a power place for me. I was born up there, mm-hmm. and I'd like to live up there, but my for some reason I keep getting called back to Central Texas, and now I'm like Central Texas is home. I used to think Colorado was home, and I just had to find a way to get there, but now. I've got a family here. This is where I'm going to be. But that will always be a second home. And so when I go to Colorado, I'm right now in my Austin location, feeling into all the heat and the humidity and the temperatures and everything else, excited for the new, that novel one week relationship I'm going to have with the weather conditions and the circumstances and the mountains and the climbing and the lack of oxygen and the beautiful rivers and all these different things. And I get to have the best of both worlds by going to those two places. And in between, I'm likely to run on my way up there. So I'll be in like Amarillo or mm-hmm. somewhere else where you're like, oh my God, it's a, the heat is different up here. The views are different there, here. Like what does that do to your running? Like in a real fundamental way, Michael, like, like I don't, I think it's really, really important. And I think it's consequential to an athlete's experience of the activity of running to let the place they're in, in. I think it's as, yeah, I I mean, what instantly came to mind is that 
my my now favorite workout that I've done in two seasons. It's just perspective. It's like the one it, I did that eighteen miler that crapped shake me up, out. The shake, yeah. Up and then I did it the next season. I realized that it was just supposed to be hard, and that <laughs> that's it. And it's supposed to feel like that. It's like, oh, that's interesting. Being running out of running in Colorado has every benefit to it because it's it's perspective, and it and it creates a better relationship with where you you are i mean it's so it's so heady to even kind of refer to it like that but um i think it's important to understand that where we are is not the same as what other people in colorado are doing right now and and so to get that experience that full experience and all of the different colors in the palette creates will create a fundamentally more experienced runner, you know, like I, I really do think so. Um, and I think that, that it's, it's made me a more motivated runner because I pick these things to kind of go to and go see if the world championship of triathlon was in Austin, I'd probably be less interested in doing my best Hmm. with it because i would just go race the course without anybody watching you know mm -hmm. i've considered just going to hawaii and then just swimming doing a little biking doing a little running just see how it feels you know and I, but i'm i'm kind of just saving that I'm, I'm saving that idea but it is it's motivating to kind of be displaced and 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 have these these crazy ideas i don't okay, know okay but here's, here's another thing too that you could think about how a place changes when people come to it. Mm -hmm. So the power and majesty of Kona is heightened yeah. by the experience of all those people in early, early or mid-October, whenever it is, when they all show up there. All these, the greatest specimens of endurance that the world has today. You know, I'm sure there are... The brand just changes. Everything. Everything. Not, not like the Iron Man brand, but just the brand of the of that particular environment is you know it's like when when people come in for the running event yeah everything's changes. different running in austin becomes epic yep when everybody who it's like is South creating Ride. the best products in the running industry comes to this town and they all want to show out it's they awesome. All, they all want to yeah, show yeah, out. Yeah. They all want to show what they got. They all want to have these great events. They want to, it's like South by Southwest for runners. Mm -hmm. You know, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it continues to be packaged primarily for the shop owners instead of being more of a. I think it should be a community event. But whatever. I think it should. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. But share your stuff. But maybe there's another way to do it around it some other way. But anyway, we, we do, we do have something. I think everybody. Anybody who's been listening to this podcast, and we have a lot of listeners, the vast majority of our listeners are from Texas, but we do have a lot of people from around the world who listen to this. And, you know, one of the things I'd like to do just right now is like maybe spend a couple of minutes talking about, we, we, we hinted at it a few times, but just a, a couple of the key things. So I'm going to give three things about this place, Austin, that keeps me here and has me loving it so much and then i'd be, I'd be really cool if you could share three that you feel that way about yeah. if it comes four or if it's two no big deal but um i, I just want to give people i um, already got them i want to give people an idea of what 
maybe we go, I'll do one, you do one, I'll do one, you do one, right? That way yeah. we kind of go back and forth. But so my first one is going to be, um, is going to be, the, I, I don't want to use all the trail systems. So I'm just going to say the, the, the green belt, what we call the, 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 it's basically a 7.5 mile inner city single track trail that almost any runner who does trail running would consider technical, mm-hmm. highly technical. They've now cleaned it up in a few spots and made sure. some spots where they've added a little crushed granite. Hill of Life is almost not runnable. Correct. <laughs> and, there are so, a lot, and there's a lot, and that's yeah. just a 7.5 mile straight shot, what we call the, the, you know, the super highway. Yeah. And there's all these myriad of little side trails that go all up and down all over everywhere. There's, but th- there's a place there. So I just want to say that that's a beautiful thing, but in there halfway through, there's a spot on this Creek right past a little spot. I call the grotto mm-hmm. or the trail runners call the grotto. And it's a live ice cold spring. And I drink out of it year round. I, I, I used to sometimes bring a five gallon jug and pump water and put it into my thing so I could drink it. You can sit there and hear the water coming out. Unless there's been a heavy, heavy rain, if it's rained really, really hard, then you don't want to drink out of it because then you've got, you know, it's just a, it's a spring coming up from the ground out of a rock in the earth. And there's a perfect spot to scoop your hands in. And those who are non-adventurous, you could just scoop the, scoop it up and put it over your head and cool off. For myself, I drink out of it every single time I ever go there, unless it's been heavily rained on because I know then it's like the water from the other creeks and the, you know, all the, paved areas have settled into it. But this is a power place for me. Like when I say place, that little section there, it's this little spot. And I I go there three times a week. Mm. I always make it a habit to go to that place. I've got a relationship with the tree there. I've got a relationship with with the creek there. When the water's rolling, when we've got good water, it's just a little south of, um, or just a little closer to Barton Springs Pool, um, than um, Sculpture Falls for anybody mm-hmm. who's been to Sculpture, which is a really beautiful place. But that spot, like it, there's a place here in Austin that I know if the apocalypse comes, I got water. I got to walk for a little while to get to it. But as long as I got a container, I got clear, fresh water. That's forever. badass. And it's this one spot. I've never tried it. Oh, if you have you do you know where I'm talking about? Have you seen yeah, it? Yeah, I know the location, but I've never really tried. Uh, it's, if, right now, you should drink out of it. It's oh, it, glorious. It's so tasty. It's delicious. It's amazing. It's just and it, and in the summer, it's so epic. And my run with my dogs, and my dogs get there, and they're just like panting, heavy, tired, and it's ice. I mean, it's not ice cold, but it's like I'd say it's probably. 60 degrees 65 I don't degrees get on the green belt enough no and I, I mean I, I just don't like I don't I don't I don't know yeah I the green belt was always something that I used as a as a tool to get away but I've never really used it in my routine I used you, to, you know what I mean when I was at, working at Runtex we used to do a run we were at 12th and Lamar we would run down Lamar, which is not a mm-hmm. very fun run. We would run down Lamar. And then when we moved to South First and Riverside, it was a little, it was a lot closer. But we would run all the way down there and then get on the green belt and run to that spring and then turn around and run back. So depending on the time of where we were at, it was a longer run or a shorter run. Um, and it was so beautiful because one of the wonderful things about the green belt is you can mix your trail and your road. So I've got athletes that are training for trail races. And what I'll do is I'll have them do six, eight, nine, maybe 10 miles on the road and then have them go 10, 12 miles on the, the green belt. 
And now they got a 20 mile run in and they didn't have to get all beat up by the road and they didn't get all beat up by the trail. You get a little bit of mixed it's both. Badass. It's really cool. It's really unique for Austin to have that high quality, what I would call a technical trail because there's a lot of inner city trails that are not technical. Yeah, and sure. You need, all trail runners know what I'm talking about by you need, you need to have good foot movement. You need to be wondering where you're going. You can't just close your eyes and roll, right? Um, and anyway, that's my number one power place or my one of the things that makes this place so special. Yeah. Yeah, I got Town Lake. It's so that's awesome. The reason is because of because of if you, anchoring back to my perspective where I'm from, we did not have a Town Lake. I wasn't accustomed to a running trail like that. I wasn't accustomed to that amount of people. So when I go there, the energy to me is like it's damn near like going to a church because it's like, wow, this is incredible because I feel more at home on that trail than I've probably ever felt almost anywhere. It's top five feel at home because I'm just around so many people and I'm feeding off of that energy. And I moved here specifically because I liked the vibe that the trail put off and why people went there and why they're just running. They're running slow. They're running fast. It's the start and stop point. It's an anchor point. You know, Barton Springs is close. The park is closed. It's downtown. It was just, there was something. So I was like, yep, yeah, that's where I'll set up, you know, just there anywhere <laughs> close to there. Yep. Like, and I'll be good. Yep. Um, like I said, you know, some if you grow up in Austin, I'm not saying you take it for granted. I'm just saying my relationship with it is powerful because I'm trying to adopt it as my own because it's fascinating to me because I wasn't born around stuff like that. <laughs> Shit's crazy, man. Bunch of healthy people running on the trail. It's crazy. At all hours of the day, yeah. at all weathers, all times of the year, yeah. there'll be people on it at 2 o'clock in the afternoon today. Yeah, I'll just never take it for granted. That's, I mean, it, it's about as simple as that, man. Like, it just felt good. It feels good. So my next location is a neighborhood. Um, and I grew, because I my first experience of Austin in 1988 was moving here to go to the University of Texas. And we used to run, in, in order to get to this, the intramural fields, which are about two and a half miles north of campus, you run up a road called Speedway and in through the neighborhood called Hyde Park. Mm. And um, Hyde Park is just this amazing little greened-in location in the middle of Austin that is always green. There's all these, it's got a nice little grid. You've got the numbers going from like 31st Street all the way up to 45th or 40, really, I guess you go to 45th Street to 46th Street. And then there's Avenue A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all the way out. Old school. To, and it's all gridded and all of all old trees, mm -hmm. really quiet, beautiful neighborhood. I mean, it's when we say, you know, from a, from, from a real estate perspective, it's was gone 15, 20 years ago, and it's like so gone now. No, you can't get a, you can't even get a bungalow there for less than. Do you ever eat at Julio's? Oh yeah, for sure. I love Julio's. Yep. yep. Yeah, I used to go there at, at when I went to UT, and that's in Hyde Park. Yep. And uh, you know, did 
It's just a different feel there. Yep. It's got an old we feel. Got quacks, quacks, quacks says uh, that's where we got our wedding cake. Yeah, it's a, there's yeah, quacks is legit. There, the soul of Austin, the kind mm-hmm. of the the burbs of Austin. Yeah. Our Hyde Park, it seems. Yes, it does feel that way. And for <laughs> me, the was, energy uh, kind of came from. And for me, it was really powerful because we would do these runs. We'd run up to the intermediate fields on Speedway. Then you'd run through Hyde Park and go over to the little, what they call High Lions, which was yeah. a golf course. It's a little golf course. We used to do a little bit of a workout there. And then we would run back to the track and finish up on the track. Shit, and so you just run all through those neighborhoods. And the, that neighborhood still to this day, it just feels so like Austin. And when mm. I'm in that area, I just, I actually can be transported back to being a 20, you know, a 19, 20 year old kid, um, knocking about trying to be thinking he was going to be a world-class runner, thinking he was going to be all that in a bag of chips. Um, waking up much later in my career, realizing I was just going to be a humdrum runner, <laughs> not all that great. But when I run through those roads, I have those moments and those feelings and those experiences, um, and as a coach, I now run a lot of my athletes through all these neighborhoods thinking mm-hmm. that they can now create their own relationships with those little neighborhoods. So I do love, you know, Hyde Park is my highlighting a neighborhood, but the neighborhoods in Austin are something that make it so special. Oh, yeah. Really powerful. Really beautiful. Agreed. The other thing is, can I say, um, I don't know if it's just saying the hill country sure but i'm fascinated by the feel of the hill country like my favorite thing i go to swim at the lifetime south gym really close to like the villa way mm-hmm. um and uh coming back is always my favorite thing because i get to see the city through like a series of hills and I, again i come from flat gulf coast like I think the only elevation we had was overpasses truly and I mean we had to go run the sides of like interstate overpasses to find hill work and so the hills to me are fascinating that's another relationship that I'm still trying to learn because I never had to learn it and to me it keeps things dynamic it keeps things exciting like running through Barton uh, Barton Hills mm-hmm. neighborhood is like <laughs> If you want a Boston simulator workout, go to Barton Hills, go up like Barton Springs, or not even, no, no, not Barton Springs. Uh, I'm not even going to say Mountain Bunnell. Barton Hills. Just go do some repeats in there yeah. on the lollipop loop and oh, you'll yeah. have a damn good time. Like it's almost worth traveling in just to mm-hmm. hit that scene Yeah. if you don't have that available. So to me, it's, it's firepower, man. Yeah. So I'm going to end with a particular hill and I'm not going to pick the one that most people pick because um, Mount Bunnell is the one I think most people will pick it's just superpower but it's fascinating um, I'm going to pick a different hill one that I use more and have used more because of um, its scenic beauty it's it's right in the middle of town but not very many people use it it's on the iconic loop that is used for the run for the water um, which is a fantastic race and this this hill is called the scenic hill and um, Dude. 
It just the scenic hill. I just love scenic hills. I my love favorite. That we shit. do. That's I, a good view too. I've got a couple of different versions of a workout there where you do hill reps, where you just go up to the top and come back down. That's or we sinister. Do scenic hill loops where you go up, then you take a left on Matthews and you go across the. There's actually an yeah. old cattle guard. There's still a cattle mm-hmm. guard in the road oh, on cool. that in that little section. So they'll do a mile. It's just a little shy of a mile. They'll do mile loops there. I just think scenic hill. Every time I. I, I cobble together a route that goes through there. I just feel the immense power of all of the people that have run in Austin. So my mentor, my mentors, um, Paul Carosa and Sheila Carosa, my other mentors, Carmen and Ricardo Troncoso, both have used that hill in workouts. Carmen and Ricardo used to use it all the time. Rogue has always used it. When I went to, when I coached mm-hmm. at UT, I used it. At Telos, I use it now. It's just a iconically beautiful and there's a power to the route and the feelings around it one of the elite athletes i worked with for a long time um named darren brown he now works at ufos he um he and i would he every time he would say every time he would go to scenic it would be raining like every he it was so funny there was a window of time where i was working with him and he was like he was like a 18 month or 24 month window maybe we went over there four or five times in that mm-hmm. time he's like every single time we went over there it rained <laughs> now it doesn't that's not true that every time i go over there it rains but for every time he did so it had that sort of this that kind of a place that has a place vibe yeah and the views of the city are beautiful the views you can see you can see mount Bennell, you can see into downtown all, um yeah. most of the time though you're not really paying attention to the views because the hills motherfucker so it's bad. a hard it's, so it's hard got multiple go levels yeah. it's got multiple levels it's got <laughs> you keep going grudge. you can hit mount Bennell, but yeah. then coming back yeah you're gonna you get go it back again. up it again and that's yeah. why the run for the water route is is one of the best 10 milers because and that's, scenic's that's right, like at, right at like seven or yeah, eight. Yeah, that's the crux. It's like, oh, you thought you were going to do good. No, it's like six. I think it's about six is miles. It that, yeah, it's that, about six miles. Yeah. Really? Because oh, you, you come shit. through, then you get to the boat dock, and then yeah. that's like three miles to go is when you hit the boat dock, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I guess I'm having a... Um, I would have, you know, the first place I went when I got in town was was rogue mm. the first place and they the so in my mind i'm kind of like splitting hairs between the the 410 speed shop <laughs> and i'm splitting hairs between because that particular building you know helped me get to a place but it's it, so but i'm trying to keep my list towards um it's a fascinating building by the way it's got like crossfit and at one when i went in there it had like run lab and they had um like a coffee shop and other businesses were coming in yeah when, in when, we, when we started it it was I, cool my goal was to have a coffee shop and bar in a running store they've taken some of the uh the fixtures down yeah, so there's less mm-hmm. businesses in yeah. there than there used to be but the vibe was pretty badass um but sticking to the actual like infrastructure of the town I I'm thinking I don't know like I I think exposition for me is really powerful Mm -hmm. and the reason is because I've done so many training runs on exposition to get off the trail the trail being the most important <laughs> yeah. like but i'm like you know what if i if i need to get off i'm gonna go to exposition and come 
And then because going down Lake Austin Boulevard all the way to Redbud kind of sucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you get off, you're like, I don't want to hit this. It's there's no shade. It's a little boring. You can go get to the majesty of the Mount Bunnell, or you can take a right on Exposition, and it's nice and rolling. You know, mm-hmm. lots of like the the elevation profile is a lot of fun to me because it's longer hills, it's longer longer aspects of it. Um, and then I'll come down, come down Lamar and hit Peace Park, which we just learned that General Custard had a uh, Custer. Yeah, I'm not General Custard. Him. General Custard was a is not a real thing, but Custer. Yeah, <laughs> what's his name, Lena? So he had a what? What was it? Custer's Meadow. Mm. Apparently. I don't know. It's like a historic landmark. Anyway, it's, it's just got Eeyore's. good energy. It's just Eeyore's party. Oh, yeah, Eeyore's <laughs> birthday. Eeyore's party. Um, I like running down Lamar. Uh, and I like... Hitting the Peace Park I, Trail. Yeah, yeah, I like I Wish like they that would little, fix that little, the little loop. Lamar yeah. and Exposition yeah, to nice. me is like... It's kind of a classic, not a phone-it-in run, but even if it's a phone-it-in eight-mile loop, it's such a damn good loop mm-hmm. it, because you can, on one way, you're going up steady up Lamar. You know, clockwise, you're coming down Lamar mm-hmm. and it's a downhill. So you can kind of, you can, you can build so many routes off of those arteries based off of what you want to achieve with what kind of workout you're putting together. So yeah. I always had, I always had a special place. That's why we're here. You know, I love this area of town. I love the UT 05 district. Mm-hmm. You know, I love running through UT. I always loved coming through Lamar and Exposition, just kind of getting away from it all. But um, maybe it's not as exciting. I was going to say, like, one of the aspects that I love about Austin is the heat. It's a, It's definitely a drier heat, ironically, than... Louisiana, mm-hmm. Louisiana is a little bit more humid, so I really I liked that that I have it because I I love using the heat in the summer. It's the most important part of the way that I set almost everything I do up. A race in the fall is badass after training in the summer. It's just so it, like I like that that schedule. Yeah, I'm doing it a little bit different this year, but um. I just think that the heat here is a superpower if you can harness it. Well, hopefully, Michael, we gave a, with a little bit of a of a push for our favorite places. We'd love to hear about yours. If you've got, I, I work with people who run in Central Park. I know the power of that place. I know we've got listeners in the Portland area. I'm sure Forest Park is a place of superpower for mm-hmm. them. But if you've got a place that's off the beaten path or some, you want to share with us something, about the place you run and or if you have anything you want to just talk to us about around the idea of place as important for running we'd really love to hear from you next week's episode we're going to be tapping into our next systems topic and we're going to use the Maffetone system because we've mentioned it before and we just got a letter a really sweet and inspiring letter from an a, a listener who um was really interested in your journey with Maffetone. And mm-hmm. so what we thought we would do is use that as a template. Her her questions and her her provocation as a discussion about 
where these systems that we talked about in those earlier episodes, hit, when the rubber hits the road in that particular system, in that, in that program, the Maffetone program, and then maybe even use both of our, one of our great heroes. You and I both have a hero in Mark Allen, mm-hmm. who was probably the most prolific and best representative, highest um, level representative sure. of the mode and the model. Um, and so I, I, we're, we're going to answer her question. And I just raised that to just say we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, um, if you have anything you want to hear, that was really, really, I mean, when I heard that, I was like, oh, somebody's interested in Maffetone Method. Let's go. Like, I owe pretty much the entire entry to my well-being for with that program. And, that yeah. you know, it's, it's so badass. So I, I'm looking forward and to that she, topic next week. But I also, I love that we had... Somebody come in and want to hear something from. Yeah, us. it's cool. That's yeah. the, that's what we're hoping. I mean, it's we're doing this just because we love to do it to talk to each other. But we're hoping that we can find the others. So there's a lot of ways you can help us do that. The main way is just to get on your podcast favorite source of all and just click a like. Or we could talk a, about anything at any time on any topic. So that includes why don't why don't we just start crowdsourcing? A lot of topics that sure. other people want to hear about too, and we'll give our perspective on it. Yeah, it's, because we're we 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 can riff on pretty much anything. So, yeah, let's yeah. go. Yeah, and maybe one of these times we'll do an AMA. Maybe ask me anything. Yeah, see what happens with that'd that. be awesome. Um, I'm pretty sure they'll probably be afraid of that, but <laughs> give it that one episode where we had to truncate it. <laughs> oh, remind them the email so that they have oh, a place. Oh, just if send they're me listening. an email at sisson s i s s o n at telosrunning.com. And I get it to all the people that need to get it. Instead of making up another source, it's just send that to me and I will distribute it. So we we don't have an email list. We don't. We don't have an email blast off. We just have what you want to throw our way. We don't have a Patreon. We don't have gear. We don't have any of that stuff. Not, and who's to say we've thought about that. When we first started this project, we were like, we should do shirts. We should do merch. We should do that. I don't know that we'll ever get around to that. We'll see. But we're having fun. We hope you guys are too. And... um We'll talk to you in a couple in a in a week or so. So Godspeed, y'all. Take care. Adios.